everyone. Welcome to Danny Chats. This is episode four and I'm joined today by Virginia. Uh, she's in America. Whereabouts are you, Virginia? I am in beautiful Oregon on the West Oregon. Coast. And what's the time there? It is about 9 a.m. here. Yeah, it's like just gone five here. I think you're the biggest time difference I've had with anyone so far. Just about, about opposite sides almost. Yeah, yeah, it's quite crazy the time difference between people in America, to be honest. Yeah, and I'm sorry, my cat has joined us as yeah. promised. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, and my grandparents live in Hawaii, so there's a three-hour time difference just between us and them. And yeah. so, and then we have family on in New York, six-hour time difference just between them alone. That's so. mad. Man, such a big country. Okay, so um, you are, were diagnosed in your teenage years with Wilson's disease, yeah? Yeah, I was diagnosed at 16, and um, I, I have very short experience with diagnosis. I was diagnosed the day I was put on the liver transplant list. Wow. So I, I was, uh, it was the summer before my senior year of high school, and I, I had just not really been feeling well, um, very yeah. low. Lethargic, very much like you were when you were at your about 13, 14 years old age. Um, something seemed wrong, but everyone just thought I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Mono had been going around our school. And so my doctor actually diagnosed me with mono without even doing a test. What's she's mono? Like, mononucleosis. It's a very common disease in the United States among teenagers. Um, it's I, I'm not sure if it's a virus or not. Don't quote yeah. me on that. Um, cause I haven't, it hasn't been a reference in my life for at least 10 years. Um, but it's just a very common disease that goes around schools. Kids get it. They're sick for a few weeks and go back. And because it had been so common in my school, my doctor just said, I'm certain that's what you have. Um, you're going to be sick for a while and you'll get better. And so I was sick just the whole summer before my senior year of high school. And actually the day I had my senior photos taken, um, I had to cut cut it short I felt so tired and so sick and my mom took me home and I got severe stomach pain that day yeah. um, I couldn't deal with the pain by the next morning we went to the emergency room that was just down the street from our house and um I didn't go home until I had a new liver <laughs> so. very 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 similar to mine in the fact that I was yeah. ill I was ill and then it was just a severe pain in the stomach that led me to go into hospital um, and again, yeah, they wanted to give me a liver transplant at the time, but uh, they also told me that I could try the medication and I suppose I wasn't too far gone um, and they wanted to, and I wanted to try it. So that worked for quite a while. That's so, what they, yeah, I didn't. So I was I must have had such a scarred liver that medication wasn't going to be an option to help me. Yeah. Um, and to let you know, I mean, I was walking, talking just like this. And within 24 hours, I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk normally. Um, I was swollen. I went into hospital at about 140 pounds, and a week later, I was 185 just from water retention. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I was really, really lucky that uh, the only hospital in Oregon that does transplants is like 20 minutes from our house. Yeah. Um, Portland, Oregon, and so we. I was trans after going to a children's hospital first because I was technically still a child. Um. You know, at first they just thought my gallbladder had burst. Yeah. And we're certain my gallbladder had burst. And um, and they go in to do the laparoscopy to take out the gallbladder. And my mom said the surgery was supposed to take like two hours. They came out 25 minutes later. And she was like, and they're like, 
okay, so I'll sit down. And I don't, it, for me, literally from that day, which was, that was only 24 hours after I'd gotten to the hospital, it's all kind of blurry. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. It, I was so sick, so fast. I turned yellow in that 24 hours. I was bright yellow. And yeah. um, Kaiser Fleischer rings was actually what happened. So at the first hospital after... MRI, MRI, ultrasound, ultrasound, doctor walks in, shines a flashlight, and he's like, oh, no, Kaiser Fleischer rings. And me and my mom are like, what? what <laughs> and um, of course, now the telltale sign of Wilson's disease. And when I was at OHSU, uh, because that's a, a teaching hospital, I swear every single doctor and every single nurse and every student there came by my room to look at my eyes and see the Wilson's disease patient. You you will be. You'll be like something um, <laughs> that they've only ever seen in a textbook. Uh, yeah. I was talking, talking to a guy um, yesterday, and he was saying the funny thing about his diagnosis was um, he even brought Wilson's disease up to his doctor, and he said, "Could it be Wilson's disease?" And his doctor said, "Don't be ridiculous. I've never met anyone with that." That's yeah. <laughs> wow. That's oh. oh yeah. But and, and that is. <clears throat> I was on a webinar a, a few months ago and talking to a neurologist out of UCLA. And one thing that he mentioned that stuck with me is the fact that they know based on how many people should have Wilson's disease and the fact that so many less are diagnosed, that's how many undiagnosed people there are yeah, out yeah. there with Wilson's disease. And hopefully things like this can get more of the word out, symptoms that people can recognize. And yeah. so for me, I didn't have any telltale symptoms of liver failure or Wilson's disease. I was a straight A student. I had none of the uh, neurological symptoms. I was very active in my school. I did after school curricular activities. Um, and so and that, we, that, it is, we were like, what? How can I possibly have this? And that didn't decrease in like a, over a small time. That was, I mean, over a long time, that was just literally over a few days you went. It literally was, um, and I'll have to send you my senior photo so you can see like the photo that was the day before I went into liver failure. You wouldn't know. Um, right. and, and in fact, what we, we banned people from taking any photos of me in the hospital because it was very apparent very quickly that I was probably not going to get a liver. Yeah. And they wanted that to be the last photo that was ever taken of me because it's a really cute photo. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and, and so just uh, more on what happened to me is, I was transferred to hospital, then OHSU took me in their adult transplant ward at 16 years old because I was a week from my 17th birthday, um, and, and they didn't think I would survive a flight to California at that yeah. point. I didn't have a choice, really. Yeah. Um, and so I was at OHSU in the ICU, and I was there 11 days, and on so this was August 30th to like September 10th, and then um, I don't remember the last two days. I was basically comatose. Um, I do know that my parents were told to get ready to say goodbye. Yeah. They didn't think liver was coming. And the fact that I got a liver was like less than a 5% probability. Um, and, and then I woke up from a liver transplant and it was like I had, like today. I have every memory since then. Um, I was only in the hospital for six days for recovery. That's I good. went. I went back to school, I think three weeks later. Wow. I just, all I cared about was going back to my senior year of high school yeah. um, and getting back to doing theater and debate and drama and going to football games. <laughs> um, and I had a couple episodes of minor rejection afterwards, but only just like overnight stays in the hospital. Um, 
and, and really it's just been pushing boundaries ever since doctors had no idea what I was going to be capable of. Yeah. Um, they said, no, that- we don't college, maybe and I graduated with a bachelor's degree. So yeah, you sound very determined anyway. So <laughs> I think, yeah, you, you would have done well no matter what the case was. Yeah, um, yeah that's crazy. Um, so um, when you were diagnosed at school, did you find that people at your school said anything or treated you different? Was there? Yeah. So, I mean, a big part of it is I feel so, I see, I, I, I know I have Wilson's disease. I had Wilson's disease, but I was never treated for Wilson's disease. So I, I very much feel like a transplant patient. Yeah, yeah. I'm separate to a Wilson's disease patient because, and this is actually an interesting thing that you mentioned in your story that triggered me was the prawns. Um, I had shrimp like two yeah. weeks before I went to that and it was the sickening, the most sickening thing I had ever eaten. Um, and so thinking back on fish trigger, um, but for me, um, actually a rumor went around my school that I had died. And so, uh, so like, I can laugh about that now. I'm, I enjoy that laugh now, but a lot of people were like, oh my God, when they saw me. Yeah, you've uh, risen from the dead. I've risen from the dead. I have a, I am bionic. Um, and, uh, I think, I think at first, well, and this is interesting because of quarantine right now, I had to wear a mask for, you know, two months. Yeah, that was suggested with me, but, um, I mean, with me, I wasn't at school, I was off work, so I wasn't really mixing with too many people, but I can imagine with you at school, that's what they said. Did you wear a mask? I did. I had to wear a mask to school, um, and I didn't go back for six weeks, and I think by the time I was back at school full-time, I could, I didn't have to wear one, but I had to wear one when I went to the store, to the hospital, anywhere for that yeah. six weeks, and so when quarantine started, um, I had a little bit of PTSD and depression trigger up, and remembering what that was like to feel so different and I'll never forget walking through the grocery store with a mask on and my dad like looking at people like it's you not her you can kill her she's fine and 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 I think for the most part really people were just after a few months I, I, there was no difference and once I got to college I had to tell people I have a liver transplant you, you wouldn't know you yeah, don't know yeah. me um I, I seem absolutely just like a higher activity, very hyper normal human being um, that drinks a lot of coffee. <laughs> but um, that's one thing that, in a way, when we talk about invisible illness, Wilson's disease and, and transplant patients can feel like that, um, especially when with Wilson's disease, you know, this we bounce back yeah. to a very healthy person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to, to, contemplate feeling like you're sick because I don't feel like I'm sick but I know that if I, I can't just go outside right now and go to the store yeah. um, I can't just leave my house right now and, and can't leave until they really find a cure for the virus um, yeah that's one of my thoughts on that yeah um I was we went out for a walk this morning and I walked past a friend's house and uh, she was in the garden with her husband uh, and I said hello and she just jumped back and she went you're not even supposed to be near us I wasn't <laughs> near them. I was like, I don't know, more than three or four meters. Like their garden's a long garden. I was walking past it. But yeah, she was just like, get away, get away. Yeah, I have. Uh, I haven't been able to see my family. I've driven past their house and um, to drop off bread and deliver that. And I've only been able to wave at my niece uh, through the window. And 
it's been it's been hard um being away from her she's 20 months old and uh. she's at critical age of learning and she recognizes my husband as her uncle nice <laughs> and, and i don't know that she recognizes me <laughs> me um so i'm ready to get back to normal life with all this i know everybody else in the world is too um but i think especially for high-risk people that feel very much like we're in this very special bubble um and and more on i i kind of questions for you do you feel like you have any wilson's disease side effects post-transplant not now no not at all um I feel uh, a million times better. I didn't realize how ill I was or what I, my full potential could have been or could be. Um, so yeah, I haven't felt like this in years. Uh, to be honest, it's been really weird. It's like having to get to know a new person um, in, in some ways, you know, but yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely don't have any of the, the Wilsons. There's no tiredness. I didn't even realize I was jaundice. I must have been jaundice throughout this whole period of having it. Because it wasn't until after I had the operation that all my friends said to me, like, you, you, you're not yellow anymore. And I was like, I didn't realize I was anyway, but no one ever said it to me. Do you know what I mean? It's not like someone, your friends are just I, like, I think they just thought that, well, one friend just said, I thought you was just naturally that color. I just thought that was you. Um, I think for me, the problem was I, um, being 16 years old and it was the summer before my senior year, I had been spray tanning yeah. all summer. Um, and so with all that fake chemical, I mean, I didn't tan, I just spray tanned. And so all that chemical buildup on my skin, that's why like two days after I'd been in the hospital and I'd taken a good deep shower, it was like, bam, <laughs> she's yellow Oompa Loompa. Yeah. I was very, very jaundiced and to the point where my eyes were yellow, my nails were yellow, my skin was yellow yeah. and it was so sudden. Um, and, and again, my stomach swelled so suddenly I retained like 45 pounds in a week of water, um, and, and didn't have memories. And, and it was really quite amazing how fast the recovery is. And, and, and you make the point, I feel like from the day of my transplant, I've been a different person. Yeah, definitely. Through that day. But I, it, for me, I just, it was, it's a weird experience not knowing that I had Wilson's disease that whole time. Um, and is anyone in your family a carrier? Uh, not as far as we know, no, not from the people that have been tested. Well, obviously my parents were carriers, um, uh, and they, their two genes mixed and ha- with me, but as far as we know, no one else in my family's had it or anything. Um, my brothers and sisters have been checked. They don't have anything. So, yeah, I was just the, I suppose you could say the unlucky one. Yeah, that's exactly, both of my parents had it recessive, although, um, I've been very much doing, I, I had my DNA tested, um, through like ancestry as well. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm trying to find anybody in history in my family line that maybe had it. Yeah. Um, and passed it on not knowing because the only girl that I've ever met in Oregon that had Wilson's disease as well, it, it actually was passed on to her from her dad. He was misdiagnosed with liver cancer mm-hmm. and then died after giving birth and she had been born. And then she was from, had him, they both have had Wilson's disease. Yeah. Um, and then I got it recessive from both of my parents. My brother is only my half brother, so he genetically yeah, same. That's the same with mine. Yeah, uh, I think um, it's it's hard to trace someone in your family that may have had it because uh, even now people are still getting misdiagnosis. Yeah. And I mean, you can imagine sort of twenty, thirty, maybe even fifty years ago, people would in your family might have had it, but they could have just been put down as having you know some other sort of illness. Alcoholics. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
emphasis. And and for me, I, I will, I, that's, you know, you talk about people treating you different. I'll never forget. You know, I, I was a rambunctious high school teenager. I, I drank underage. I'm going to be very honest about yeah. that. And when I had had the liver transplant, there was a girl that came up to me and said, oh my God, did you drink enough to kill your liver? And thought that you could do that in, you know, in like one party. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that's a cool party. Like, yeah, that one party that you saw me ever have that one smeared off at, you know. Um, and so that was kind of a good lesson for people around me to learn. And, and I've also, um, when I was in college, I did a lot of volunteering to help kind of get kids awareness on how to be organ donors and, and just how easy of a decision that is to make and the impact that can make to somebody else and their life. And um, I think about, I went back to the hospital like a few months after my transplant um, and I ran into the doctors that did my transplant and just that seeing their smiles, you know, knowing the impact they make on our lives and, um, and the decision to donate and what organ donation does for some people and how, and just how sick we truly were and not even knowing it until, oh, you're, yeah. until you're literally on your deathbed. Um, uh, but yeah, and, and, and I, you know, Wilson's disease patients, it's crazy. I hear about some people getting diagnosed as young as three, four years old. Um, and I wonder how do they get those diagnoses so young? Yeah, I think I, I, there could be a whole mix of things. It could be that they have had symptoms, but it's very unlikely maybe because they're so young. Um, they could have just, quite a few people I know that I've spoke to have just been going for other medical tests and it's shown up that they've had an irregularity in the liver, so then more tests have been done. Um, you're lucky to get that diagnosis though, really. Because even yeah. people, like I said, you know, the medication helped me and my liver was really damaged. People that don't have that much damage, if they get on the medication, then, you know, that's that could be them sorted for life then. Yeah, and that's uh, it, it's very interesting how I wonder about uh, diet and how that affects the damage to the liver. So I know I grew up here on Oregon and because my dad's a fisherman. Yeah. I grew up eating salmon, a lot of salmon, a lot of local nuts and vegetables and fruit, which is all very high in copper. Yeah. So I wonder how that affected the scarring. And I also dark chocolate. Like I, there's at least six bags of it in my pantry right now. <laughs> uh, and, and that's part of where I feel that kind of dis misconnection from Wilson's disease is I've never had that experience of having to limit my diet other than grapefruit. Um, I don't know if you're on TAC or Lemus. Uh, I'm on uh, Prograph uh, or Agrograph, yeah. sorry. Um, yeah, grapefruit. Uh, we got told fresh lime, I think. Um, there was a couple oh. of things. Because also, I mean, I got told um, I couldn't have my chicken's eggs because they hadn't been treated for salmonella. I have been told that as well because they haven't been pasteurized. Yeah. Um, I, but I was told as long as I cook them, I'm okay. Yeah, I, I would have thought that would be okay. To be yeah, fair. so like I wouldn't do a meringue with probably my chicken's eggs because they're baked at such a low temperature. Yeah. Um, necessarily pasteurize them. And, it, and actually that that's funny because um, I'm from Oregon. Here we have Tillamook Cheese Factory, which is the greatest cheese in the world. I'll have to figure out how to send you some. Um, and they have this thing called cheese curds and they're my dad actually called like the ceo of the company to find out if they were pasteurized because i had been eating them post-transplant <laughs> uh, and they're flash pasteurized so i was okay <laughs> uh but yeah that's actually one thing in baking i have to be aware of because there's a lot of recipes that egg white is undercooked or yeah. uh, 
try it out. And, and I'm not a big fan of meringue anyway, so that's good. Um, but that's, yeah. that's interesting. And, and I actually was told I wasn't allowed to have pet birds. Um, because yeah, uh, I was born. I was warned about the chickens. I think it's just if you, I mean, uh, to be honest, if you're going to go in and clean their coop out, wear a mask. Um, yep. Obviously, you know, do the hand sanitizer stuff. I think it's just more about just trying to be safe. I mean, I did have a lady contact me and she did get ill from her chickens after a transplant. Um, so it's, it's just, like I said, it's just taking precautions. Um, like I said, she said she was cleaning out her coop. She wasn't necessarily following all, all the procedures, maybe. So that's exactly what they said is it's about it's about being safe and you yeah. know, you can live a completely normal and like I think of I mean I've graduated college I've gotten married I've traveled um several places very fun I can't it's amazing all the things I've been managed to do with a liver transplant that hasn't helped me back in any way shape or form yeah um, and, and, and one thing that I should bring up for anybody that's watching this um I, and I do have some side effects that I don't know that they're transplant related. Um, I have a lot of issues with my stomach. I have a lot of issues with just food adversity, things that make me sick. We don't know if it's related to the transplant or if it's just genetic. Um, just like everybody in my family has stomach issues type yeah. thing. Um, and so I, that's been for me kind of a personal mission is trying to find more transplant patients that are maybe 10. I, I've had mine for 12 and a half years now. Um, that's incredible. That's really good. Yeah, and the liver's doing great. I love to say my liver's perfect. The rest of me is a little iffy. Um, <laughs> but my liver is doing absolutely perfect. I'm so blessed. And I, and I know nothing about my organ donor. Um, I wrote them a letter after I graduated high school to the family to thank them. Um, but otherwise, I, I just know that I was blessed that they made the decision to say yes. Um, and, and I don't know, is it any different in the UK? Do you know anything about your donor? Yeah, I know the age. He was uh, 22. And I can say he was male. Um, and we have the option to send a letter. So you send a letter to, I'd say, the hospital. Yep. Um, and they're like a middle party. Uh, so if the family agreed to receive a letter, the hospital can send it on. Um, and then, yeah, I I'm going to send a letter. I was going to wait until uh, I was a year down the line. That was my plan. That's uh, exactly what I did. I waited yeah. a year. I graduated high school. I got accepted into college because for me, it was to be able to say, like, to show them, like, this is, you gave me my life back. Yeah, and, that's exactly my thoughts. I thought, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, everyone's different, but I just thought I'd like to tell them, you know, rather than just write it whilst I'm lying in recovery, I wanted to, you know, give them the story of what I'd achieved afterwards. And I got to say, like, your scar um it's freaking amazing looking for seven months out it looks better yeah. than mine 12 and a half years out um i have uh i had 75 staples on my scar and so i and they said they would go away and they didn't so i have like railroad tracks across i have the mercedes yeah uh, yeah and so uh it, but your scar looks i mean just absolutely amazing and i actually am taking a lesson from you i'm going to start doing more ab exercises to help stretch out my stomach muscles because i never did that post recovery because i was a kid i yeah yeah you, I'm you're pretty active enough anyway um i'm getting there i didn't i i worked in an office until the end of last year um and really that just the lifestyle, I, I don't mind working in an office, but for me, um, a high pace, high money driven lifestyle is just not something that I care about because I've recognized I've been given this second chance at yeah. life and I want to do things more for my community and 
yeah, wake up every morning, take care of chickens, go and give out eggs to the whole neighborhood. And so that's um, why you moved to the countryside. Yeah, really, it really, really is. And um, and it's funny. I think about the first date I went on with my my. He was then my boyfriend, and we both were like, "Yeah, I just want to live in the country." He's like, "Oh, me too." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay." And and we got married, and we moved here a week later. And so it was literally like we did it, and the fruition. And now we're like tired really tired so, <laughs> but you understand that and you yeah know. yeah of course it's a full-time job having animals full-time just quickly yeah. um because we're getting towards the end of the time roughly yeah. but um your did your boyfriend or uh, did he know about your transplant before was this something you had to explain great. yes great question because this is something i wanted to get into more um so i met my <laughs> such a funny story we were working at a renaissance fair i yeah. was he was a knight in shining armor literally um so everybody in the cast knew about my liver transplant so whether he knew about it when i met him i wasn't really sure but from the moment from day one he wasn't i remember telling him and he was just like uh-huh and just eating his dinner and he was like and what else about you and, and i was just like i'm in love and um you know i i i would wear a sports ball walking around after you wore a 100 pound dress all day in the heat and my scar and he would always just be like brad you're beautiful and and it's what made me fall in love with him yeah and that's pretty nice i'm he's from ohio which is over a thousand miles away from here so that's what it took for me to find a guy that great <laughs> not, not advocating but um it really, we didn't plan to fall in love type situation. He went back to Ohio and it was like, please come back. And, and six years, we took our time and six years later we got married. And the thing that we've talked about a lot in six years is whether or not we want to have kids. Um, especially after my niece was born because she is the cutest thing in the whole world. And really we've come to the decision that I don't. And part of it is the fear of passing on Wilson's disease. Although um, it, I'm pretty sure I've done the genetic t understanding. It's a very low chance um, for one parent recessive. Troy would get tested if we really ever went down that path. Um, and for us, it's a decision of just my health had to come first. I, I still end up in the hospital several times a year, very, very sick, unable to keep fluids down for days at a time. And I, and I can't put a child in that position. I don't want to. Now, not to say if ended up with a child we're beyond excited about that and we'll make everything happen you're um, still very young so yeah i'm 30 this ahead. um and we've also talked about down the line when we're much more established adopting older children or being a foster family type situation yeah. um for us right now though we're very very happy with fur children <laughs> so weirdly uh, i've thought more about adoption than i have having my own children i don't know why i that's he did to me too and i think for me i would very much be interested in adopting a child with medical needs yeah. um uh, if i could get myself medically much in a better position because i know that 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 world and i yeah. navigate that for that child and so i hope someday i'm going to be in a position to be able to give back or do something like that um maybe be a medical advocate or something for people but yeah, I, that, I, nice. that because I'm transplant so <laughs> Well, thank you very much for coming along, Virginia. Um, I just want to say, if there's any guys that are watching this, could you please get in contact if you want to come on one of the shows? Because at the moment, it's just all females. <laughs> uh, I've got one guy lined up. Um, yeah, some males would be great, just to get a different perspective. Um, thank you very much, Virginia. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.